This is teeing it up. This is teeing it up for uh, August 21st of 2019. I love you, Podbean app, but sometimes you go a little awry. We got Danny Flecka here in his weekly spot. Things have gone uh, slightly crooked. But the weird part about the start of our show um, that has apparently been lost to science is that they've all been centered on the same topic. We have Brandon Copeland, the Jets linebacker, suspended four games for PED use for, 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 for putting a substance in his body that he forgot. We've got, uh, uh, sorry, that he didn't realize was illegal. We have baseball players um, using um, sexual enhancement products that could uh, either A, hurt them, or B, not be satisfactory for drug testing lists. C, we've got the Browns, Baker Mayfield, and Daniel Jones. And D, we've got Antonio Brown and, and his helmet. And all of those, Danny, fall under what category in your mind? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, what what you were saying was, number one, we've got organizations not giving um, updated lists, whether it's the PEDs in the NFL or the helmets in the NFL. And number two, we have players, in the case of Copeland and the guys who are guilty of sexual enhancement products, not taking things into their own hands. Correct. I'd say that's a fair assessment of the situation in a very, you know, uh, neat and t- uh, tidy bow. We we will go into this again on another day when um, when we have something else to launch into and we'll, and we'll get back into it. Let's talk about some on the field stuff here uh, briefly. Number one, is there anything baseball wise that has caught your eye in this past week? Not really, to be honest. I think it's yeah. I haven't seen too much movement one way or the other as far as like where teams are going. Yeah. I mean, the big story up here has been Chris Bale um, and his elbow issues and the Red Sox uh, decision to extend him this offseason prior to seeing him pitch this year. And his issues with, like, breaking down throughout the season and, you know, the potential for him to meet Tommy John and everything else along those lines. So I think that's probably the, one of the bigger stories, um, at least locally here, uh, you know, as far as baseball is concerned. So, as far as like, the on-field stuff, you know, our Yanks keep doing what they're doing. They keep distancing themselves from, from their competitors. But right now, everything is okay. You know, they had a, a bad game yesterday out west. But, you know, those, those West Coast trips are always going to be finicky when it comes down to it. So, you just hope they're able to go out there and not lose too much ground on the Astros. And, you know, just finish the season strong as we head into September. Where is your head, with the sale thing, is it frustrated Red Sox fans that are frustrated they're, they're seven games over 500 and 18 back in the East? Or is it Red Sox fans that want sale back because they think they can make a run from six and a half back in the wild card? I think it's a little bit of both, but I think a lot of it comes down to the season he had last year, and he wasn't able to stay healthy through that season. The season prior, he was also fading towards the end of last, towards the end of the season. The Red Sox then decided it was a decision on their part to extend him for six years or five years, whatever, for 145 million dollars. And a lot of it has to do with what you know what they've been saying, with correcting a mistake that they've done in the past to not put themselves in a bad situation. So 
a couple of things that they noted was, you know, back in 2009 or 10 or whatever it was, they tried to get Jose Abreu. They weren't able to get him. The next Cuban uh, prospect that came up was Rusne Castillo. I don't know if you even remember who he was. Nope. That just about says it right there. Then, you know, they had John Lester. They lowballed him going to spring training. They tried to resign him. They weren't able to do that. They made a philosophy that, you know, we're not going to sign pitchers that are over 30 to, you know, long-term extension. They win the World Series. They asked Chris Sale, who's going to be 32, 33, 34, you know, while this contract is dying out. And they signed him. So, the you know, there was a quote they were playing from John Henry, um, you know, from the offseason where he was like, yeah, we, we didn't want to make the same mistake we made with Lester. So I think a lot of it has to do with the frustration that one, you know, you're you're overcorrecting, you know, based off mistakes you made in the past, and two, you provide an extension to someone that didn't didn't necessarily need to be extended at this point in time, uh, and you could be looking at a huge amount of money that is going to be wasted because of a pitcher that isn't able to uphold himself physically for the entire uh, Major League Baseball season. That is, that, that is, that is frustration there. That is definite frustration. And when you make bad decisions, as the Mets have experienced with the depletion of their farm system, you uh, wreak the, the, uh, the negative while the Yankees, who have just made great trade after great trade after great trade, have reaped the ben- have have experienced the benefits of it going forward. Let me ask you this um, on the record thing: as you look at the landscape of American college sports, as we're nearing this coming Saturday, Week Zero, Florida, Miami, um, and the the special Week Zero game to to kick off college football's one hundred. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, kick off. Let me try this again a third time. As as um, Florida-Miami kick off college football's 150th season on ESPN, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, Texas. Where's your head at about any of those teams? Are we headed towards another Clemson-Bama championship game or is there somebody that can sneak up in there? So, you'd have to say the two prohibitive favorites are Clemson and Alabama that just have reload year after year. Two young quarterbacks that are going to be coming back. Clemson is absolutely loaded at the skill player position. Um, you know, their wide receivers, I think, uh, I was looking at Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper's big board from 2020, and they're all Alabama and Clemson players. Um, so that just shows the level of talent that those teams have. Uh you know, is this the year that Georgia can get over the hump and beat Alabama? <laughs> I, I think that they're due, right? They, they had them in the national championship game in 2018, outplayed them last year, um, and if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts and his heroics, could have been looking at, you know, a Georgia-Clemson national uh, championship game. And this is the year, you know, third-year starter Jake Fromm, who to me, in my opinion, is the best prospect at quarterback in this year's class. Um, they have a, a young team. They did lose a lot of players, but they've still got great coaching, um, and, and they play in the SEC East, so they have a little bit more of a favorable schedule on that end. Oklahoma, can they do it three years in a row with a 
a quarterback that is going to stay there for one year and come out and, and do what Lincoln Riley needed to do. Uh, we'll see. Their defense has stunk the last couple of years. If that doesn't happen, they don't take that jump that's really hard in the last couple of years, and that's been the semifinal. And then you have and Michigan stance where, you know, will the Big Ten get into the playoff for the first time in three or four years? Me, personally, I, I don't even think you can consider them dark horses because they're such talented teams. But if I had to pick two teams outside those top two, uh, I like Georgia. This is the team for Michigan finally put this together. Uh, you know, all accounts say that Jim Harbaugh is going to be a little more open on offense. They're going to have a good defense. They got Ohio State at home. They, they have to win Michigan this year. And, and I think Georgia, while they might not be able to get over the hump and they can go SEC championship game undefeated, they still have a pretty good chance probably to make the college playoff, college ball playoff. So those are the two teams I think outside of the top two that I'm going to keep, I'm going to be rooting for this year to get into the playoff. Uh, but you never know what happens. It depends on who you lose to. It depends on when you lose. So a lot of different things can go into that. But those, I think, are the, the top four teams right now for me, even if they're not ranked that way that, that I'm looking at at the end of the year being. Do you think that we are nearing a point um, where this could be the year that if Jim Harbaugh doesn't do it, he loses his job? swirling around. I think it's a very real possibility. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't think so. I I don't know if an NFL job is going to necessarily appeal to him again. I also don't know if NFL teams are going to be appealed towards him given that he might always yearn to go back to the college game after a couple years. So I don't know if it's better or worse for him to, to move on from Michigan if he's not able to get it done this year. But I, I would say that there's a very high likely, you know, high like, uh, sorry, a likely possibility that regardless of what the outcome is this year, I'm going to say absolutely are dreadful that he'll be in Ann Arbor in 2020. Danny Flecker here on Teeing It Up. Um, and by the way, kudos to Army. They, they got um, the second most others receiving votes in that top 25. Missouri was first, Army was second. Nice praise and well-deserved for Army. All right, you're moving this weekend, which means that when you get a new roommate, you may have to watch some trashy TV shows. So, as you know, I love Cosmopolitan Magazine. It's my Bible. So, here we go. Would you watch this show if forced to? Number one, The Masked Singer. Absolutely not. Number two, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. A big no on that one. Number three, Dating Around, the Netflix show. Is that a reality show? I think it is. Yes. Um, probably not. Keep me busy. Mexican Dynasties. <laughs> What's that even about? A quote, is Bravo's latest real housewife style show, except instead of focusing primarily on the housewives, it features three prominent families in Mexico City. Uh, They have known each other for decades, and this new series gives a look at their super entertaining lives. 
No thanks. Temptation Island. No. Made in Staten Island. It's definitely a hard pass on that one. The world's best. I, I think that thing is done already, though. So let's move past that. Backyard Envy. Like a house renovation show? Uh, Bravo's new Backyard Envy is a homemaker show, but just for backyard, that's definitely a much watch if you're into gardens. So I think that would be something I would watch. I, you know, one of my goals in life is to have a nice backyard with a nice patio and grill set and, and stuff. So I think that's something I could get behind. Do I have to watch it every single episode? Probably not, but it's something I wouldn't turn the TV. I wouldn't turn the channel on if I had to watch it. Love Island, which is essentially every other dating show. No. The Hills New Beginnings. I would not watch that. Songland. This is where people try to become the next great American songwriter. No thanks. Bring the Funny, starring Kenan Thompson, Chrissy Teigen, and Jeff Foxworthy as they try to find the next great comedy act in America. I'm good. No. Alright, so that ends the list for Cosmopolitan. How about Below Deck? I've seen that. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's not something I'm going to want to watch if I have to. Like, if I have to, I'm not going to just sit there and watch it, but I have seen it. It's not that bad, but I'd rather watch something else. Um, I'm trying to find its name on a on a whim here, and I'm having problems. Uh, Kristen Cavallari, the uh, former Laguna Beach star, married to Jay Cutler, and now has a show called Very Cavallari. Apparently, that show's hilarious. Yes, Jay I've... Cutler is just uh, an absolute, you know, just he just doesn't give a shit. It's supposed to be really, really funny. I have not watched it, but I think. Given the reviews after season one, I think I might watch that if it was on. Um, finally, two things. Number one, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. My heart, my my desire would be not to watch any of that. Number two, Survivor season thirty nine, Island of Idols. Uh, no. Are there any crappy TV shows or trashy TV shows that you do watch? To be honest, not really. The only reality show that I like to watch is sports. I mean, that's enough for me, so. There you go. Danny Flecka, uh, good luck in this new phase of your life as you are now forced to engage with some of these trashy TV shows. Thanks, man. And thank you all. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up as always. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.